Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear. The game called company is legend by design. Folks, I'm telling you what, I've been in the hunting industry. I've hunted a lot of different critters out there. One of the things, just because of people I respect, has really grabbed my interest here in the last uh, days here. And, and, and totally, I've just been totally absorbed by it. And I'm talking about hours spending on YouTube and, and watching information. But this is the talk about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call him, the big guy. Um, there's it's it's totally you know, there's a lot of things out there, and what I found that the, there's a lot of things that you definitely real quick can just distort and and put away as trash. But also there is actually some lim legitimate people that you respect and and what they're doing that that have come with some concrete evidence and things to come about. And there's some people I respect personally that have these beliefs. And what's led me to a, a mutual friend or a relative who's a mutual friend of mine is uh, our next guest. Guest. And and this is what his his forte and and profession is researching and and his experience with Bigfoot and Sasquatch and folks I'd love to introduce to you our new friend new friend and, and podcast guy Jay Pachochin Jay welcome to our show Hey thanks for having me on George and Diane Did Thank I do you. a good job on the last name You did You rocked awesome. it You rocked it I rocked I, it. it It gets hacked quite a bit. But you know what? You nailed it right on the head. Actually, it's a super easy name. It's a cool name, easy name to get. Uh, Jay, I'll tell you what. Uh, you have a mutual friend of Mark Mitten. And Mark and I have been in the hunting industry and talked back and forth. And he's the one, you know, that, that I've talked to and, and a little bit about Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And he directed me and said, man, you need to talk to Jay. And and, and so, so cool. Jay, I'd love to hear your story and what you're doing and your background and you've got some stuff that some of your information, some of your programs, where they're at now. But, you know, I respect that you're definitely, that's why you're on this podcast, I feel is a legitimate um, investigator, whatever you want to call it, a Sasquatch. And I never say never on anything because everything, you know, there's things in the ocean. You know, I've, I've heard before. I, you know, people saying that you know, we've only probably discovered 80% of the critters that live in the ocean. So there, there's still 20% out there. And, and this deal with, uh, you know, in Sasquatch and some of the remote areas, um, I think that there's things out there if they don't want to be found and they want to be left alone and if they want to have, you know, their quiet and respect of their privacy, they're going to be tough to find. And um, so I am totally pumped to hear what your your story and what you got, because I've really gotten addicted to this. And, uh, you know, like I said, I real quick, you know, I'll go on YouTube and, and there's so much out there that you click and the real quick ones you, you click off, you know, is, is junk. But I am totally interested to hear what you got in your background. Well, thanks. Uh, let me just start by saying my name is Jay Bachochin and I am of sound mind. All right. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things you talk about Bigfoot or Sasquatch or any of the weird cryptids out there. Uh, you know what? You got to start looking for that straight jacket because you're crazy for even remotely thinking of it. But you know what? I, you know, I, I grew up kind of that, uh, you know, kind of that kid who would sit in the basement during the summers watching the black and white Godzilla, King Kong, Frankenstein movies. You know, the, So I've always had that interest. I had brothers and sisters that would be, you know, active and out. And I was that the nerdy, pasty white kid who would just love anything supernatural. And it just doesn't mean ghosts, but, you know, UFOs, 
aliens, all these things kind of sparked my interest, especially in the in the 70s. I'll date myself a little bit. I guess I kind of did with creature features, but uh, you know, during the 70s, I had to have been about 10 years old. And um my mom was driving my older sister back home to us. And I remember it was a Friday night because I know where she was at. And uh, my sister runs in and she's crying. She's upset. We're being invaded. Huh. And and then I kind of look out there and my other younger brother and older brother, we all walked out there. My mom said, yeah, look at this. She goes, ever since I picked your sister up at the school, we we're following this light's been kind of following us. It's kind of spinning in the sky, just hovering. And uh, the lights would uh, go out. So you know, it was night and you wouldn't see it. And that would be across the sky. And we're watching this. So there's five of us as a witness. And we still talk about it till this day. Uh, never know what it was, but we watched it for about 15 minutes. That there, wow, that was, it was, it was cool, you know, for, you know, being my, my age. That's like 10 or 12, somewhere around there. It was the later 70s. Um, and my grandpa, my grandpa Kay was in the early chapters of MUFON in Chicago. And he was really, into ufos his whole life so that gave us a really strong bond uh, i just remember him um kind of being like fox Mulder from the x-files yeah carol kolchak from night stalker he just he wanted to know what the truth was too so that gave us a really good bond and it, it also helped my interest because i was into the you know the werewolf frankenstein creature from the black lagoon all these creatures i'm like wow what if that's a ufo there's got to be aliens and if there's aliens in it maybe these other monsters or something are real so you know again like i said i was always the the black sheep and um that was just kind of my interest and uh you know going throughout my life uh what do i do i'm, I'm a graphic designer uh love editing films or, or movies and especially today not back then when i was using the vhs tape in the cut the cutting room floor and doing it that way that was that was a drag but i still did it uh so i kind of did that and of course in the 80s you know ghostbusters came out that you know another cool paranormal movie to watch and uh you know i wanted i wanted to throw that proton pack out and just start looking yeah. to see if there was ghosts out there but i really never i, I never yeah and I, and I never really did anything um up until uh me and my wife well we got married in 2006 and our uh our honeymoon was on the east coast and we started in boston and we're going right up through salem and salem during halloween in october it was like oh this is pretty cool and we you know kind of because we both were kind of avid ghost hunters watch you know taps ghost hunters it was the first thing that was on sci-fi not like it is today where everything's saturated and uh that's when we actually went on uh like kind of a night tour in Salem with 50 other people and I was like this is cool I'd love to when we get back this was telling my wife I said when we get back I, I want I want to do this I, I want to find what equipment they use and I want to know that what I'm watching on TV even though I might have a belief in it it's still TV it's still advertising uh you know they have to make it that way so you tune back in and that's when we came back and we kind of started a group of just a couple people. It ended up being like 10 different people called the Wisconsin Paranormal Investigators. And our slogan was to hunt the truth because that's 
you know, that's what we're out there doing. It's not so much, it's almost like when you're doing investigation or research, you want to debunk it first, prove it second, mm-hmm. you know, because if ghost is on your mind and you're investigating a place that's allegedly haunted and you hear something immediately, it goes right to ghost. Well, let's be rational about this. Let's, let's find the meaning behind the sounds that we heard or something that we saw. And, um, we we did that for several years until we started having kids, and then uh, then she kind of took a back seat, kind of lowered the group, it kind of broke up, and uh, I started just I'm like I live in Wisconsin and I live like 15 minutes away from Bray Road, and if anybody out there has ever heard about the legendary beast of Bray Road, it's supposed to be this upright seven foot canine creature that lives on this rural road in in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And I'm like, again, my interest is not only ghosts or UFOs, but it's cryptids. So, you know, we call it legend tripping. We just kind of patrol that area, hopefully to have that sighting. Uh, Never did. Um, And pretty much after that, because of Bray Road and the driving, we ended up in the Kettle Moraine one night in uh, October. It was like October 19th, 2013. And there's four of us and we just pulled off the road. It was nine o'clock dark. I had my um, infrared digital tape recorder to walk out in the woods and see what's out there. Now, the biggest thing is I never brought up Bigfoot once, did I? And this whole time I've never, I've talked about ghosts, UFOs, the Bray, uh, the Beast of Bray Road, possibly. Uh, never Bigfoot. Bigfoot to me, was you know Bigfoot riding on Loch Ness monster and a unicorn with Elvis jumping over rainbows? Um, it literally, I mean, you say Bigfoot, like I said, it's the butt end of every joke, Sasquatch, Yeti, whatever. It's a joke, and that's how I kind of took it. And why? Why would I believe in all these other things and not Bigfoot? Well, because there's been a lot of researchers out there looking for Bigfoot. There's a lot of hunters out there you know where where's where's the 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 proof if a hunter was out there game hunting and he's going to uh see one of these creatures why not take it down bring it in you know be famous and infamous at the same time of killing a bigfoot big hairy ape-like creature didn't even didn't even think didn't even think about that in that october i was out there thinking maybe the beast of bray road was out there i'm thinking a werewolf okay so we're out there and, you know, you couldn't have planned it any better. Um, I'm not an Outback Jack. I'm not, a, I'm not an outdoorsman. I, I'm definitely getting to be over the past 10 years. But prior to that, I wasn't, you know, stay away from ticks, poison ivy, mosquitoes. You know what? Let the woods have that. I'll stay in, indoors or wherever I'm going to go, you know, looking for ghosts or whatever. Um, but we were out there and distantly we heard what sounded like um a cross between it, it sounded very simian but also human almost like a human trying to make this monkey type sound and again when i say i'm no outback jack i, I don't know i didn't know every uh deer call out there or anything but i was able to record some of this on my crappy digital mic that i was able to extract uh because you know at this point three other people I was with were like, let's get out of here. 
something spooked them. And I'm like, all right. So we leave. We're, we're, you know, four four guys out on the woods. We're like, yeah, let's go. This is kind of creepy. And for several weeks after that, I was trying to get on the computer and listen to all indigenous animals in southeast Wisconsin and Wisconsin, nocturnal and daytime birds, animals, anything to try to match what I recorded. And again, the recording was not the best. Like I said, it was a bad mic, but we all remembered and everybody was trying. We we couldn't find a match. Now, does that mean it was Bigfoot or a dog man? No, it, it doesn't mean that. It just meant, uh oh, all right. Now now I now I got the bug because I'm all about uh hunting the truth for myself. Not about to trying to prove it for other people, but for me, because I'm like, I want to know what I heard. And so that's kind of the basis, you know, that's my long story intro. Sorry for babbling, but I I get really detailed when it comes up to that point. And at at that point was the catalyst that night was the catalyst for me being where I am today. And you believe that that sound that you heard was, was, was not something indigenous to the area but had to be something else that, and, and I agree what you're saying. I talk all the time and just, because and, and we make game calls and, and I study so much and every critter has their own uh, dialect and it isn't a word system that they had. I said, every animal is based, their language is based on emotion. Whether you take a turkey, you know, I can get him to shot gobble. It's or a buck and a tending rut chase, you know, on a doe. It's an emotion that causes their vocabulary, whatever it is, whether it's anger, you know, to contentment. Ducks will have a thing, you know, when they're content to their and their, their feed call. It's a very content call. And in my area, and of course, I've heard owls and I've studied owls because we're so close to them. Owls can make some freaking noises that you you'd swear that it had to be out of something, you know, and you're like, what that's an owl. And then uh, but you get a used to, and I remember growing up, uh, we had our windows open and we lived our, our driveway was almost a quarter mile back and back in the sticks. And at nights we'd hear this weird noise of every night. Finally, my dad and I would get up at night, and every time we'd shine the flashlight, we'd see this red fox at night that was in there. We'll come to find out as we studied and I talked to the biologist at the college, that it was a sound that red fox would make at night at a, at a predator or something trying to protect their young. And so everything had a vocabulary is different. So what I'm saying is once you become custom and when I'm in a tree stand or I'm in, out in the field, my ears, I can, I, you know, I can be half asleep and I'm half deaf as it is. But I've been so well tuned that I can hear a gobble way off in the distance, be, or I can be half asleep and hear a goose honk or hear the duck. And you've learned to accustom that. But you also learn to accustom if you hear a sound that isn't normal, that isn't what's supposed to be out there. It, it, exactly. And that's, you know, because I was saying I wasn't really, I'm not a hunter. Uh, I was in a previous time deer hunting only, uh, but, uh, but that was back in the 2000s. And I still didn't know every sound. And like you were, you were saying about the red Fox, you know, I've learned so much. And now, now I say I'm a student of the woods because not only am I identifying tracks better than I was 10 years ago, but also the sounds, whether it's the bird calls, the owl calls, uh, depending if that's at night or, or during the day, the, the squirrel, possum, uh, red Fox, especially down here in Southeast Wisconsin. And, um, those are those were some of the ones that I was 
again, I, at, at that point, 2013, I wasn't going to sit here and try to prove uh, that it was some sort of weird uh, something out there. I just wanted to prove what it wasn't. And that's it. And pretty much I, I didn't see what made the sound. It was intriguing, uh, but I was not able to match it with with any of it. With um, Like you were saying about the emotions uh, with the deer, um, the bucks, the does, uh, just every different sound. Uh, and we, we, we couldn't identify that part of it. So like I said, at that point, it was, well, maybe there's something to it because it did kind of sound simian more you know more simian and uh that's kind of the path that i started on at that point some of the noise that when i'm watching youtube and and, and some of the guys that you record and that they recorded sounds and then there's shows that that's pretty popular on the tv and i've watched that because I, I you know i'm just like a sponge and, and and i'm really i guess a big part of me is hoping that it's true yeah that there really is a sasquatch and you know that he's lived all these years, and 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 you know, but you know, God bless him. He wants to be left alone. But when I listen uh, to the when they record some, the voices or the sounds that they hear, what they that they believe is actually the Sasquatch talking back and forth. I do know that listen to those sounds, and I know I've I've you know I've been out in the woods and 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 camped with coyotes, wolves, and I've heard all that, and and they can make some pretty eerie sounds and stuff like that but i do know that the sounds that they're recording are definitely not a coyote not wolf you know which are definitely indigenous to that area that really i have never heard anything like that because i spent a lot of time in the north american whether it's wyoming in the mountains and stuff i've never i've heard mountain lions but i've never heard anything like they're recording and, and so and again the reason why you're out in the woods is for what well, I love being out there for one thing. I'm out there, you know, whether I'm hunting, I'm, I'm just, I want to be out in the woods and we still, and if you're hunting or wherever right. you're at, or we're camping in the mountains, I mean, because it's a natural thing for us to be in the mountains. So, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is it, that's one of the big ones because you sound a lot like Mark and Mike um, when I talk to them, because believe me, we get into these discussions at family functions. It's, it's kind of cool, but uh it's one of those things that when I started to go out there uh, and, the, you know, I started going out once, maybe once every month, then it started turning into every two weeks. N now, literally it's, it's generally once or twice a week. I, I feel like I'm kind of beckoned to go up there. Uh, that is if my wife doesn't have plans for me, you know, I, I, I start with uh, family first, but, uh, <laughs> but when uh and actually and this is kind of cool because uh this was in october now it was now we're going to talk let's go to february of 2014 it was during the day we had a sitter for my son at the time and she goes do you do it was a sunday she goes you want to just go for a hike and it was snowy and i'm like yeah and uh because you know she's more indoorsy i'm more outdoorsy and uh 2014 we went up there and went to my normal spot and we walked through like a foot and a half, two foot drifts. Nobody was on the trails. We were actually making the trails because, you know, our, our gate, you know, we're not stepping up that high uh, to do that. So we're leaving what I call like, well, snail trails or anything. You look behind you and you can see our feet just, you know, moving through. Well, my wife's hiking while I'm looking. All right. So she kind of gets ahead of me a little bit and kind of goes, 
up and over uh, part of this path on the kettle. And it, and I'm kind of looking around and I'm catching up to her, um, but I don't see her now because she's up and down and around. That well, sounds familiar. My relationship, my wife is always way ahead of me. Yeah. Well, you know, again, she was there just to hike for the record. She's there just to hike. And uh, as, as I'm following the her sliding steps, um, I'm coming up to a part where we're kind of on a kettle, uh, not that steep, but a, a nice incline going down. And from the top part of the kettle, I see this big imprint. I've seen them before. I've seen rabbits leave them in the snow. Right. I've seen I've seen deer hop through them and, and leave that too. The closer I got to this divot, I was like, okay, but it, it's weird the way it is. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it was actually still kind of lightly snowing, um, not down, you know, uh, real heavy snow or anything. But I'm looking and all of a sudden I'm, I'm kind of perplexed a little bit because I'm like, what am I looking at? This big, deep imprint that actually looked like a foot. I mean, it really did. And all of a sudden I look over the trail because this was on the left part of the trail that was following my wife. The next one was on the right side. It had to have been about three foot, maybe three and a half foot over. That was the next one. And I look at that one and all of a sudden I see another and another and they were all walking like in this uh, tightrope type fashion. And I'm like, wow, it's curious. You know, I've been brushing up a little bit on Bigfoot since that October. So I'm like, well, that's really interesting. So, you know, kind of tape measure it out. It was over 17 and a half inches. But here's the weird thing is it was a very deep impression and there was no drag. You know, you try to walk in the snow and try to lift your leg up and not being able to drag to the next area. These were all smashed down and nothing else was disturbed about it and it was coming down on a, a decline on the kettle and that was like what is this so i documented the best i could at that time also now my you know I, I document with my i call it my iphone 4 because i go through a lot of iphones up to this point uh my iphone 4 also my wife texts where are you you know she didn't just yell it or whatever texting technology and i'm like and i take a picture of the print that she just walked by and i said i'm looking at the uh footprints that you just walked right by and all of a sudden she started making her way back but i still couldn't see her and now i'm filming the footprints this is all in my first documentary and i'm filming the footprints going up and to where where the path was and i'm kind of following up to the upper part of the kettle and just as I do that, I'm starting to hear some uh, some wood knocks right in front of me. And I've heard Bigfoot does wood knocks. Again, I, like you were saying, I was kind of like a sponge at that time where I'm, I'm learning. And I'm like, is this real? And I, I'm filming it, but I'm actually watching with my own eyes because I'm like, it's right there. You know how you, your ears will just focus in on that. And I didn't see anything. And it's just going on, went on for 52 seconds. And then stopped. And then just as then my wife comes walking around, I'm like, I got to show you this video. And I start showing her the video and you start hearing the wood knocks and her eyes got as big as saucers because she thought I was doing that, that I was trying to mimic finding Bigfoot and knock on trees. Or I'm like, no, as you can see, I'm filming this. The sound is coming from up there. And of course, you know, at that point, she was adventurous and said, well, let's start walking up there. I'm like, cool. And we walk up at the top of the kettle 
and we find this uh, good four inch, oh, maybe no, probably a six inch tree, uh, beautiful, still uh, at the top, fresh, totally cracked, right at about six feet. You know, so by physics, you'd have to go a lot higher to be able to pull that down. And um, so it's just like, I'm like, it just reminded me of, well, would a scared bear like crawl up there and they get to the very top and then the weight would just snap it? Uh, whatever it was, totally cracked it. No other trees were touched around it. In fact, uh, she had me try a similar tree right next to it to see if I could, you know, if I could crack it. No, that thing was like in the ground, you know, I mean, it was the same uh, diameter tree and there was no way of doing anything like that. So it was like, you know, I've got these footprints now. Now I heard some wood knocks and now I see a cracked tree again. All of a sudden I'm like, what is this? You know, I tried to, 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 to debunk it. I really did. I was trying to figure out if somebody got out there before me because maybe they knew I might've been interested in this, but they didn't know I was going out that Sunday and it was still snowing. And as a matter of fact, if we didn't go down there because there's no other tracks down there, uh, when me and my wife were, we were making fresh tracks. And if we didn't go down there, I, I'm going to guess in about an hour, hour and a half, those were really going to start to get filled up because it started snowing harder and harder. And I'm like, this is weird. Who, who would have done it? And again, it's, but it, but the whole thing is I didn't see what left the prints and I did not see what made any type of wood knocks and I didn't see what broke the tree. So again, on that broke tree, did you see any tracks that left you know, anything around? No, there? no. I mean, that in the tree looked like it, you know, again, I'm no expert in all of a sudden cracked trees and looking at it, but it was still, I took video of it and it still, still, still smell it. So I'm like, it seemed like it was a very fresh crack. Uh, but that's the first thing we did. Yeah, we looked around and now we're kind of at the top of the kettle and kind of not only looking at the trees below us, but in the tree in the trees just kind of taking a look around and we didn't find anything again it, it comes down to i didn't see what did that so how can i claim exactly. it was a bigfoot or sasquatch you can't but I, yeah. but but what you do is start documenting everywhere thing again i'm no outback jack still learning learning trying how to uh track animals which is very hard for me uh, because I look at the forest and I'm like, Ugh! you know, it's just all there. But you do have to look really closely to the ground for disturbances. It doesn't have to be a big footprint or anything like that. It could, it could be just about anything. But again, I, I had something that I couldn't understand. And I had my wife who's, you know, kind of, she teeters on it. You know, when I, when I talk about Bigfoot, she's supportive of me. But, you know, she's like, no, maybe it, she tells me if they existed, they would be in the Pacific Northwest, you know, where the Patterson-Gimlin was filmed, you know, that that that's where they are. In Wisconsin, no way. But, you know, if you look at the Kettle Moraine, it's, you know, it, it's nowhere near, uh, you know, some of these other places like Kentucky, Ohio, um, North Carolina, you know, all these, it's, uh, it seems a little you know, more populated, but the kettle's huge. It's 55,000 square acres of just forest that goes up a hundred miles through the state of Wisconsin. And believe me, you can get turned around there and just as lost and just as 
dangerous hitting these you know uh kettles and stuff and such so it's uh that there so you know from michigan and the upper peninsula i used to go yeah. there all the time to, to bow hunt and i'm telling you there's thousands and thousands of acres you could go in a section and get totally lost and and not come out and there's not another road to you go completely out of that section so same way with northern wisconsin you know it's just like the upper peninsula there's so much vast forest up there i could see in in caves and little things that you know there's no doubt that other things and my wife is from new hampshire and i've been out there in the white mountains and it's gorgeous but there's so much vast country out there yeah and you think about it like you said new hampshire wisconsin michigan i mean anything it happened the appalachians you know which gets a lot of the tours here's one thing a question i have for you yeah I have been through all the years, you know, because of the hunting and it became a, a very astute trapper and, 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 and tracking, I shouldn't say trapper, but tracking, being able to, you know, all the years of hunting deer and stuff and tracking, I've had people call me because I've very, I've gotten pretty good of the knack of tracking things and learning, you know, if something disappears and how to put it together and, and come up and, and, and put it together. And one thing I've always asked in my, in my head that, you know, I would love to go far out in, 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 in the Northwest territory and all the snow that they have. You can't walk without leaving a track. I used to tell people about deer. Well, you know, there's a lot, the deer will be here. Well, excuse me. I don't have to see them to know if the deer here. I do enough scanning and I can go by tracks and I can know their habits. I know just by following their tracks. And if their tracks aren't here, they're not here. And I just, I, you know, to me, it seemed like some good trackers could get up in the Northwest, especially in the wintertime with all that snow. And dude, it wouldn't take me long if I got on one and you see a track. And that's one thing that my wife and I have noticed, Diane and I, when we're watching this on YouTube, they'll they'll show a track and I totally blow it out. And while we have all these plaster, you know, I don't, I've blown that out because there's so many people come up with these one track and it's like. I, I have a hard time that he he's not hopscotch and he's not leaving one track. Any animal that if he's got one, if he's got one track, I'm going to find his next one. And, and especially an animal that big, it's going to be hard for him to walk through and not leave some type of imprint and especially in the snow. So I'm, what I'm saying is why haven't a group of people gotten together who got their their crap together and who who know how to track animals and just say hey let's take off and as soon as we and it's just like your hound dogs we take you know you're hunting coyotes you're hunting coons you'll let those dogs go and when they catch hunt mountain lion as soon as they catch a scent they turn those dogs loose and let them go you catch a track let's track him let's stay on him until we can visually you know, either come up to their village and but if they're there they gotta leave tracks no that 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 that's a great way for a human to think about what Sasquatch is. Over the past 10 years, I started out believing exactly what you're saying, you know, a- after finding this trace evidence that if they were they, that they're just a flesh and blood creature and that they're all over, not just Wisconsin, obviously, they're everywhere. Not everybody can be crazy. So if they're kind of a flesh and blood thing that's here. I 100% agree with you. If they were this big, why aren't they leaving prints everywhere? 
why aren't we seeing broken tree paths or trees of these huge things climbing a tree and just i think there would be evidence galore so i but i but over this time over the past 10 years and again watching my documentaries you're really going to see that uh that it's totally fact base of what's happening i'm out in the middle of the woods and i'm going to say the middle of the woods and all of a sudden we're having stones thrown at us from out in the middle of the woods now in my first documentary you'll actually see mike because i brought him in for his skepticism and his hunting ways that you know when he, he's up in a stand and he wants to maybe drive a rabbit or something out he'll throw stones to scare the rabbit yeah. out to, to take him out all right that's a great point however when you're walking several hundred yards on a path and they're always landing by your feet i don't know what can what can do that um you have to understand what the terrain is in the kettle moraine and if they're not navy seals or first nation people that are you know, being able to move through those trees without making a sound and getting around bends and getting at different heights and going through all this different terrain just to get that stone, the next stone thrown right by our feet. You got to think of the possibility or the probability. There's, it's it's a hard one. Again, I didn't see what threw it, but they kept throwing them by our feet. And after about 500 yards, I'm like, what the heck? All right, so... I'm you thinking, asked stones. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. And I mean, and, and they're you're right. Um, they didn't really seem that big. They were almost, you know, I mean, they were bigger than pebble size, but they weren't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like they wouldn't have done any damage unless you, you know, popped it into a BB gun and put it up to someone and you know. Right. But I mean, they were they were big enough to be thrown though. So they had to have some weight to it. They finally the rocks stopped coming, and I'm like. And I didn't know what this was at first. Again, I'm still learning, right? Still a student of learning this. And so I pick up a bigger rock and I'm like, I'm going to throw it out to where these, the last set of rocks came from. Yeah, that'd be the same thing I think. Yeah. So I'm like, I pick it up and I throw it a nice size rock. I hit the side of a tree. Now I couldn't hit the side of a barn if you told me, um, but I hit the side of a tree and made a nice, nice pop. And uh, the the guys hiking with Sanjay, he's like, "Oh, that was good." And I'm like, "No, watch, they're gonna throw them at me because I just threw a rock at them." Uh, just as I was saying, "Watch, they're gonna throw rocks at me." All of a sudden, the distance and the trajectory and the quickness of several stones just come breaking through the tops of the trees, just land right by my feet again. Oh, you know, yeah, now. You know, I, I talked to like uh, Mike and even Matt, my brother-in-law, where, you know, he's like, did you hear any type of pop from a, a slingshot? Again, try to debunk it first, right? Try to understand what just happened. Uh, there was nothing and it was silent. It, it was one of the weirdest things because I was like, wait a minute, if they're this good, this is what I'm thinking. I don't care if it was Bigfoot or a person, they were, they got pretty good aim and so i'm like kind of going down the trail a little bit more like i, I didn't want to stay in and research this i don't want to get pegged in the face with a rock getting hit with a rock hurts so you know i'm boogieing down and actually sanjay kind of followed and then you'd hear a few more land right right where we were at and so i start documenting it because I, I record everything you know everything whether it's pictures or video 
and I'm sitting there talking, saying this is what just happened. And just to our right, we hear some rock clacks. And the rock clacks could have been more than four feet away from us. It oh, was, wow. yeah, it was really eerie because it was something I never expected. And again, this just was my first year uh, of, you know, going out and, and, and looking. So it's like, I, I really don't know what to make of that, but I, I documented it. And so that kept me going out there again and again and again. And I, I could sit here all night and tell you everything that's ever happened. But every, I have a lot of things that are captured. And like I said, is I put a um, a video, uh, a documentary out, two hours. I know it's long, but I did cut it down. It was as long as Avengers Endgame originally, like three and a half hours. So I really cut down everything that I thought I could. It was still two hours. And I put that out in um, two thousand. 19 called finding jay and it's a documentary on amazon prime it's kind of like the beginning part oh there it is i right am showing you something yeah <laughs> that's 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 the cover oh awesome that's actually of, cool cover. of my first one now that film is is covering <clears throat> pretty much everything that i was saying because like i said i document everything 100 fact base i don't care <clears throat> about uh, the people, I don't want to say I don't care, that sounded rude, but I'm not focusing on anything else but where I'm researching in the kettle brain. That's it. Everything else to me is white noise. Like you said, you can go on YouTube and you can look all these things up. That's great. You don't know if you're being punked or not, right? Everything that's on on the you know YouTube or the internet is true, right? Like that French model, bonjour. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's not. And same thing with uh, what you see on films how do you know if they're true or not you don't and um and, and even listening to me and now which hurts the people that were coming up with actual really honest things it, it hurts the people who are doing that you know yeah yeah it, it does you know whenever i speak about this because i speak at uh different conventions and um events and everything um and i do i love talking about it but you know i always love talking about is going out there and hunting your own truth. Don't don't take my word on it. Don't watch a video on YouTube or my documentary and just say, oh yeah, Jay's right, or you know, Jay's full of beans. If you're interested in it, I really think that um as a hunter, you know, if you are gonna go out and do some recon on where the deer are, you're gonna find the deer, right? Right. Same, same thing with turkey. If you go out there and you're gonna do your recon, you're gonna find your turkey. Guess what? If you have a different mindset on what you're looking for, you just may find it. And uh, that's what I call searching for your own truth. Don't, you know, go out and discover for yourself. Don't, uh, don't just accept any answer. Well, I tell my wife, I'm the kind of guy with my luck. I mean, so much crazy stuff happens with me that I push and I go and and it's because I study so hard or I set up. I've very I've learned my quarry and get to know him very, very well. I would probably be that guy that would end up in Bigfoot's arms with a big bear hug, you know, and no one would believe it. But um you want to, but there is an, an individual, and I apologize not having his name, but there is a guy on YouTube that I come up at, at um, to me, was the most legitimate out of the guys I watch on YouTube, but he's some, he's supposedly got 20 photographs 
of actual photos of of of, of Sasquatch or Bigfoot, and then he's taken you know, multiple people out, and he says he knows how to go out and see them. And Todd, he's Todd, Todd very, standing. Yep, that's who it is. Todd standing. Well, a lot of a lot of people in the field, and that's just it. Uh, you know, it, it gets kind of catty, you know, in, in, even in this field, uh, because I don't really think I don't really believe that there's all this unity like everybody wants, like, you know, the paranormal unity, the Bigfoot unity, the UFO unit. You're never going to find it. And I believe it has a lot to do with ego. Mm-hmm. We're human. We're, we're you know, we're going to protect what we do and what we do is right. That's how come it's like just because and i know a lot of good researchers out there that do things different than i than i would doesn't make them wrong at all doesn't you know what we're doing is the same thing in just a different way so it's like i give anybody who goes out there i don't care if you just started last week with a flashlight you're you're doing that you're going out and you're trying to find what's not supposed to exist i mean we were we were sitting there talking about why aren't there prints everywhere right right why aren't there things broken and this is where this field even becomes even more broken uh or you know not broken but um you know at at odds with each other because they say there's four different types of bigfoot now 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 we're in bigfootville right now we're, we're in this one camp and there's four different camps you've you've got those that believe that Bigfoot is just a flesh and blood primate that we haven't caught up with yet. Okay, no matter with all your questions, that's what they believe they are. Then there is a, a second camp called the Woo. And that's with the apers, actually the people that believe they're flesh and blood, they're, they're the apers. They believe the other people that think that uh, Bigfoot might be you know, have all these like cloaking abilities or they're magical or anything like that. You know, it's woo. So they call those Bigfoot people the woo. And then there's a, a third one, which is uh, extraterrestrial Bigfoot that, you know, ETs drop off little drones here and they're just running around the woods. And then you got the fourth camp and that is the the biblical Bigfoot, which they could believe it's a fallen angel or, uh, or the Nephilim. Yep. Yeah, yes. yes. And, and and the thing is with that, it all depends on where you sit. I think already, I, I think spiritually, you know, right. I, I say I, I go, I go by the Bible, but I, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I, I have this strong, yeah, I have the strong faith in, uh, in, in God. And again, you don't see God, but you can, for me, you could feel it. That's more of a faith. So that's where I am you know, internally, that's what I feel. And again, you know, when I read the Bible, which I think is like a, the human operating manual for life, uh, I, I, I take this as uh, my learning, my faith in, in in what I believe. So, okay, and so getting back to the, the Bigfoot and why they don't leave things is a lot of, you know, a lot of times people say, how can Bigfoot just walk around and, and, not, and not be able to do this? Are they levitating? Are they Okay, again, you're getting into the whoa, right? First, you got to prove Bigfoot's real. Now, you're going to say it has magical powers. I think that, um, I think they're one with the uh, the environment. In, in, in a way, it's kind of, if they, you know, back 
biblical days, you know, Noah was 800 years old. Okay, now you, do you take that literally? Or do you say, oh, that was just some guy who was drinking too much wine writing about how old Noah was. Well, what if these Nephilim do have a longevity of life, that they're not your normal man, primate, or ape um, that lived to be quick, 80? Jay. Yes. Will you run out and get my bow real quick. It's raining. I got my recurve sitting on a bale out there, and it's pouring rain. Oh. I'm so sorry. No, no, that's good. <laughs> You're probably looking like, like, no, my baby, my baby. Well, I like what you're talking about because, you know, my faith and everything is my bloodline. It's my basis on everything and my faith in Christ and, and everything. And, and I trust Amen, him, brother. God. but just because we don't, can't comprehend it doesn't mean it's not real. And in, in the realm, God can make anything, you know, when guys were talking about aliens or God could create another world. I mean, I know it says a heaven and earth, but I never right. underestimate the power of what God could create and why he created and never ask why. You know? Yeah, amen. I mean, and that's, I, I honestly think that's what it comes down to is where you believe it that way, because we can be scientific of what we think we understand, because it's there, black and white. It's either there or it's not. But why don't some of these things make sense? Uh, Jay, you know, look at it this way. I put it this way too. It, you know, they're trying to use science for Sasquatch and Bigfoot and all this other stuff. Yet in the Bible and our belief, the good Lord made the heavens and the earth in six days. Science can't explain that. How could someone make but in our faith? So that's why I'm you you're on the right track. I believe in a God that could he made the whole earth and light and, and animal and everything in there in six days. And so what he could make beyond that. We can't even comprehend what's, right. what's out there. Yeah, and again, it's like there's no wrong answer of saying what Bigfoot is because they don't know. We don't know. My my faith is going to tell me one way, and other people are going to have theirs the other way. And honestly, at that point, I respect everybody's decision. If they want to say it's an, an alien, I'm not going to be like, no, nah, it's probably more of a Nephilim. Oh, it's just it's a primate we haven't caught up with. No, you know... It, Everybody has their their rhyme or reason, and the thing is, I I give that uh, understanding to people. I will not sit there and get in a debate. It's like getting into a debate with God, or right. or with the real Jesus. You know, it's like people are going to say, "No, that's just an adult Christmas story." That's it, Jay. You're you're being fooled. It's like, but it's not, and it, it, you're going to go back and forth and and, and you know uh, do all the uh, you know butting heads doing that. But as far as when it comes to Bigfoot, and believe me, I'm not trying to compare faith in God and faith in Bigfoot, but it's what I believe that what could be possible. And I believe going out there with the that openness, that possibility, that that I, I may be able to learn something more because you know, the first five years that I was doing this, I think I was trying to more prove it. Uh, that the existence and then all of a sudden something just kind of hit me to where uh, actually it was the first four years <laughs> where I was actually going out with a big rig out you know with my video camera at night with my you know, 2000 lumens flashlight and I'm just shining it all over and I'm like why can't I get Bigfoot to come near me well funny thing is is if you're out in the dark in the woods minding your business I usually hike with somebody else because my wife said if I ever 
you know, went alone out into the woods and I died, she'd kill me. So I, you know, I got to, <laughs> I got to obey, you know, by her rules. So I usually go out with two or three, four tops, but it, it, we, we try to keep that real. But if you're out there, I hike in the dark. That's it. If I need to see, I put on a low red light. That's it. Now, safety, you know, um, I don't carry a firearm with me. People are like, you're crazy. I do carry, no, I carry bear spray and I've got my cold steel, you know, I've got everything set for the close encounters. But the thing is when I, when you're out there and you have your flashlight going, all right, let's say you turn it off, say you're out there and it's just me and you, and all of a sudden you see down the path, a flashlight coming towards you. What's your first instinct? Totally dark, right? Totally quiet, right? You don't know, you know it's a person coming, but you don't know what their intentions are behind it. Don't know if it's a friendly. Friend or foe. So when I go out there uh, and I was bringing a big rig with me, I'm like, no wonder I haven't been getting any results. I'm just sitting there being all, you know, hey, come here, you know, and they're just staying away. Um, But with that, it's kind of, I believe, just like animals have this real strong instinct dogs they can sense your fear um you know again depending on what you believe bigfoot could be i believe that they they have that heightened sense because they live in that environment and i believe they could when you are carrying a firearm that you are walking around a little bit more confident than the next guy why because you know if anything comes up to you you're going to shoot it you're going to protect yourself and i believe they can sense your confidence like, okay, he's got a weapon on him of some sort that could probably hurt me. I'm going to stay back. Well, I'm trying to more or less, you know, I don't want to sound way too far out there, but make make a contact, you know. Give yeah. uh, a box of rocks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, not right. Exactly. Oh, he's got rocks. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got rocks. But it, it's it's more of the way you, I think, approach it. And, and this is the way I do it. Again. I can have a lot of people, a lot of my family members just kind of do the do the head nod when I talk about it. And that's the end of it because there's nothing more to talk about because it's where they're at. I don't judge them for that. I really don't. You know, you, you kind of get used to it to where, oh yeah, this is Jay. He looks for he looks for Bigfoot. And I'm like, wait a minute, that changed too. Because when I go out in the woods, you know what? I don't think me or you or anybody's ever going to find Bigfoot, but like looking for the recon for the turkey or the deer, I believe if you go out there with the right reasons, Bigfoot will find you. Thus, there's the title of my documentary, Finding Jay. It's from a Bigfoot perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, to where I came up with a, a a sequel to that actually in 2022. It's on Prime called uh, Beyond the Kettle, Finding Jay 2. And it just kind of keeps taking you along on this little journey of what is this and i'm always with somebody that's i think that's the cool thing about it is it's just not jay uh you know talking about there yeah there you go beyond the kettle that was my second one (laughs) good job otherwise i won't show it oh i have to talk while it's doing it so then my wife has already brought it up see yep looks good (laughs) thank you um but it, it, it's basically kind of that, that journey you go with me with other people that I'm with experiencing and capturing the weirdness that's out there. 
Again, okay, so now you can say, Jay, you have all this trace evidence, okay, we'll just do the air quotes, of a foot. I, I got my first cast this year in January. It was the coolest thing you get. To, actually, that's not in part two either. either. So I know my wife's listening, but there could be a part three. In the <laughs> <interview>. um, <clears throat> and again, for that, it's because... Oh, it there was, we go. I just got to show this. Here's your cast. That at Shaquille O'Neal is what it was. He was out there. <laughs> well, it's just it's just on how wide they are. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, but so here's all the kicker, right? You have the trace evidence of a cast that anybody could, I guess, make. Um, you know, whenever I talk to Mike or Matt, they're like, "Jay, there's just somebody out there effing with you." You know, that's what they're doing. And that's very possible, but I think of the situation of the probability more than the possibility. But again, I didn't see what left a print, what threw a rock, what I've seen beady, uh, like laser red eyes without any uh, light shining on them. Like it wasn't a- You have uh, seen the laser red eyes? Yes. Uh, and I was with two, three other people and we're looking at them and they're just popping up in front of us one you know two here now i call them eyes because <clears throat> it was pitch dark and they were together that's my mind is going to matrix them as eyes didn't see what was behind the eyes another pair up here another Nephilim. right there yeah it it These was this is the evil mojo <laughs> well and again i i don't know you know I, I talked to my oldest daughter and she would say it's it's the banshee or the spirits of the woods um which i'm getting a little bit more into the uh, the First Nation outlook here in Wisconsin and right. how they look at that because, you you know, again, to hunt the truth, I think we, you have to be a little bit more, the mind has to be open a little bit to be able to say, all right, I'm still going to ground myself. You know, I'm going to be like, you still got your skeptical side because we're human. We have to, you know, do that. Uh, but the other part is that if you are going to listen to the weird, this is in part two, my documentary, the weirdest owl call I've ever heard. Because you know, I started getting good with the barn owls, the barred owls, yeah. everything yeah. out in the kettle. And we heard this barred owl out there. And right when they were done, the two people I was with, I was like, that's a barred owl. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? Just as I get done saying that, just as I get done saying that, we hear this weird person type owl. Blah. You know, it's kind of like a hoo It was weird. I can't even really do that. And it was, you know, no more than 20 yards to my left in the pitch dark. We're in this kind of opening. So I, I've got a thermal imager, my flare. I pick it up immediately and turn around and look. And I'm like, I'm waiting for a person to be there. That's honestly what I thought. It was a person came way out in the woods and that's what they're doing. Okay, so I'm looking, looking, and all of a sudden, the thermal image I have, you know, it was 600 bucks. But they've got some out there that are like 10,000. You know, the, the higher they are, the, the, the better the image, the sharper the image. But I caught something that I thought I was looking through a path. And they were on the other side of the path. And they were just like little people. I could see they were bright yellow. And just as we're done with that, uh, the two people come up to me. What are you looking at? I'm like, I don't know. There's a heat signature. I think it's people. I don't know. I'm kind of whispering a little bit. And just right in front of us, just as I pull my thermal down, this orb of light just arcs right in front of us. Hmm. And right from the area where I saw it, and we're just looking at it, and it, as soon as it got out of view, 
you heard a big crash through the trees. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. All right. You ready to go even further into Nutsville? I'm like, did what did I just see turn into a ball of energy to evade us? And then right when it got out of sight, it it became solid again. Again, I'm like, all right, that's, yeah, I'm like, all right, that's really that's really crazy. But that's when I started reading Ron Moorhead's uh, The Quantum Bigfoot. It's actually my favorite Bigfoot book because. I, I think it touches more on the, the on spiritual more quantum Bigfoot. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. The quantum Bigfoot. And it's really good. It doesn't mean that this, this Bigfoot creature, actually, I'm sorry, this Bigfoot person, I actually call them forest people. I know I don't, I don't sit there and dance around with a wooden flute around a tree or anything. I'm not, I'm not there, but uh, I really do believe that they have more human characteristics. And what I mean by that is, you know, people say, okay, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I've been out there for 10 years and I'm living to tell this tale. I believe that if it was an animal, an animal doesn't know what consequences. I run into a mountain lion or cougar out there or a bear and it's hungry or it's mad or it's got its cub. It's going to attack me, right? Coyotes, if they're or wild dogs, they're going to attack me without anything. If I believe that these Sasquatches out there they don't do a thing because what would happen if Jay goes missing? You know, if I text my wife, my coordinates, wherever I go, just so she knows if I ever go missing, she knows where the radius would be to look. Where would everybody start looking if I went missing? That's right, into the Kettle Moraine. And they would put an all-out search for it, which would probably disrupt the way they are. So I believe they have a consequence. Now, you know, I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen Finding Bigfoot with uh, Bobo? Um, okay, well, <laughs> there's a show that was on in the 2000s, and it was really funny because it was on for a good, I think, 10 seasons, and they'd go out looking for Bigfoot, and and Bobo would be like, I always leave Baby Ruth because Bigfoot likes Baby Ruth. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I don't go to that extreme like I know what I'm talking about. Again, it's just, it's it's that feeling. And, um, you know, just experiencing all this and gathering it and, and trying to, you know, just decipher it is has been it's it's been amazing that was up until march of 24th this year and that I one i'll inject a little bit of my there. thought uh how i am and i mentioned this to dan and when we were talking i said dude let me tell you what i'm always constantly thinking how we film and doing things different and trying to gather video and and gather the, the wild you know the wildlife and stuff so i'm telling you right now if i was heading out to to you know research bigfoot and sasquatch and going out there i there's i got buddies who have drones and i would be running drones at night with infrared on there and i would guarantee you and i would set up and record the sounds but i wouldn't have to worry about me catching that because i'd have a dude down there running that drone wherever that sound's coming from and we'd have to pick up some infrared so you you could kind of now you're starting to put the science with technology together and start putting that proof. Now I mentioned to him that I said, dude, I mean, I'm not a genius, but why aren't people using drones and going out there and, and, and with a drone? I don't have to walk out there. I can stand and have, you know, we can record. But well, they we are, they are. Drone. And he said that, you know, now this is a thing he said, he, he said that the military had done this 
and they took you know they recorded and found some these uh, bigfoots using drones and technology and the seals went right in there and killed them and and got rid of them because they be honestly the government doesn't want bigfoot to be known he says think of all the net all these forces and everything that have to be protected and all the money it's in lumber and all this other stuff they'd have to protect all these forces because now now there's an indigenous animal who lives in here that they don't want known so or 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 because i always hear that too but i even think bigger than that what would happen if they were discovered and they were identified and what if they were identified of saying wow this this creature that we killed actually they were able to tell that this thing was 800 years old what would that start proving that start oh, yeah. proving the bible yeah and god and god and i really look at you know That's the world too. yeah yeah the world that we live in is so evil so corrupt so beautiful in so many other ways don't get me wrong um but it's you know it, and i do think about that and believe me people are bringing out the drones they're they're putting on um thermal imagers on these but again what would happen if you did go out there and you were able to use that because remember the drone the the infrared or thermal can only see as far as what's in front of it it's only going to give you the surface there's surface heat and there's a lot of canopies out there so all of a sudden you pick something up okay you try to get out there and by the time you get out there that thermal image is gone just either just evades or or does whatever because there's been uh uh one one time when i was out there this is not in any of my documentaries because there's really no proof i was out there uh and again we'll jump right back to what you were saying but uh I, actually it was with my daughter she was four and a half at the time yeah and uh, it was during the day you know believe me i do not take my kids out for bigfoot bait i have gotten ripped on that a lot of my things like oh yeah bring your kids out that's smart uh but it was me and my daughter she was a little girl little 45 minute hike it was during February. The, the paths were icy. She liked ice skating. We're almost, uh, we're about 150 yards away from my vehicle where we parked. And uh, she's skating around me saying, pull me, daddy, pull me, daddy. And she's she's just all just being a little little girl, you know. And all of a sudden, out of the right side of my eye, it, because this is February, everything's brown, you know, the, no foliage or anything. I see something that looks like it's auburn. And it was just a different color behind these uh groomed uh trees in the kettle moraine and i look as soon as i look at it it had this shape almost like it had hair but it was huge but i didn't know exactly where i was looking later on i figured out it was about 75 that was close to 80 yards but it was huge and, and as soon as i looked at it 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 moved as fast as a fly was taking off before you hit it with a fly swatter I, I didn't know what that was. That really freaked me out because I'm like, it was solid. And then I saw the the Auburn blur. And my daughter's still skating around me like, is that a care in the world? And I'm like, I don't care if I was carrying two AKs on me. If this thing moved that fast, my daughter's right here. You know, it's going to snatch my daughter. You know, that's that was my fear. And uh, that kind of messed me up for a while during during my journey so far to where I didn't bring my kids out anymore, not even on a day hike, because I like to bring them out just to get them into nature, you know, not looking for Bigfoot, but just going out there. And uh, you felt vulnerable, very vulnerable. 
So meaning you're going to use your drones. The military can use their drones. They're going to be over everything. And like I said, even if they you get to that spot, they're gone. Again, how does your normal flesh and blood primate be able to move that fast? You know, how how is it that people say that they, they can walk right up to you and you didn't even see them come up or leave? How are they not leaving footprints? Yeah, those are still the the greater mysteries of it, but the way they, I guess, the way they move is a tall tale. March twenty fourth this year, I had my very first daytime sighting, and um, man, it, it's emotional. Sorry. So every time I talk about it, I go, I go right back to that spot. It was during the day. Me and uh, friend Bryn, she invited me up to her property up in the kettle. And uh, we were out there for three and a half hours looking at these different tree structures that were weird, just huge trees just lifted up, you know, 20 feet in the, you know, and, and it's just so weird. You'd need machinery to do it or at least 20 guys with ladders. Anyway, so we're out there and we're out there for about three and a half hours. We're ready to leave. I always do a hand signal. I talk to the woods before I, when I get there, when I leave, I'm like, hey guys, see ya. Maybe I'll see you next week at, at, at my area. And uh, I do wear a body cam, not um, not a, not a GoPro, so it's not going where I'm looking. Right. But my body cam's looking straight. I look to the right, and I have a full view of maybe about 120 yards of uh, just wooded area. And again, March, no foliage, everything's just groomed high. And also, I see this black figure just appear from nowhere, and as if it was on skis, it just goes. Uh, I only it was only like for two seconds I I had this whole view of the woods it came from somewhere and then it didn't continue like it should I I'm expecting to keep following it but it just wasn't there but what I remember out of all this is I remember seeing its head shoulders all the way down to the ground and to me and, and it was more that feeling it was like Everything that I worked up till, till that point, I believed. I believed that they were there. Something was there. And now I, you know, like I said, I, I get emotional when I talk about it because I, uh, uh, it was, you know, a blessing that I was able to see it. That it, it wasn't for anybody else. No, did I capture it on body cam? No. And I, I could tell everybody till, till I'm blue in the face and they're just like, okay, you know, sure, sure you did. Or maybe they believe me and they're just, and I get that because it wasn't them. You know, this was, this was me. So it you was, think it's something that, uh, and I'm going to get, maybe it's, it's a little spiritual thing. Maybe it's something that we're not supposed to, because it's been so hard and so many people, maybe it's a good thing that, it, maybe it is a kind of a demonic thing, whether it's a Nephilim or whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's something that the good Lord doesn't really want us to, to have in contact. And that's why it's been so hard that we can't. Maybe there, you know, there's a block there that is, you know, not permitting us to make that contact. Maybe it's something that the good Lord is, is, is wants. And maybe but, we're looking, I don't yeah. know, you know, I'm just talking. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I mean, uh, I had this conversation when I was out over the weekend, and um, and I think it was the same thing. It's kind of like, 
you know, is there a code? You know, they're supposed to stay on their side of the street. We're supposed to stay on ours, but you know what? You're, you're gonna you're gonna have a sighting here or there. Well, you know, in the, in this case, it's kind of. I 100% agree with you because I actually think it might be a little bit different because I do a lot of praying um, even before I go out there just for safety for guidance. Um, that's like I got out of the ghost field a little bit. I was really kind of involved in it, and I was still like, you know, hey Lord, is is this okay? You know, I don't want to be like looking for demons or anything like that. You know, convict me. Um, and he did convict me, but it was about three or four years into the ghost hunting before I started hitting the woods. However, I agree with you, since we really don't know what Bigfoot is, we really don't. Um, could it be the same thing? The great deception of demons? Who knows? But I, I, I still I still pray about it and I'm still not convicted of saying no there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this because this is more you're getting out in nature and i i, I don't know uh there's a lot of other researchers i know that have gone out there and i still talk to them and they've been doing it for 20 years 25 years you know i want to make the statement that for myself um you know I think a lot of people base because it's and it's the way it is in life. You know, we judge things because it happened has hasn't happened to us or we can't comprehend. I can say for a fact that I had had experience when I was probably 12 years old. Um, like I said, all my family's from the South and I had my grandmother, we called Mama. She was a very spiritual woman. And I remember that she used to babysit us a lot. And when we were kids, and um, with my brother and I, and she'd make us at night sing hymns. And then at night I could hear, she'd always do her moan and stuff, but she, she was one of these people that had uh, spiritual dreams and then tell you what was coming to happen through, she believed God talked to her, to her dreams and that she could speak to beyond. But anyway, she had bought, a, she had lived in a little, she lived in a little shack down in the, we called the, the hills of Tennessee. And, um, I was, our family were down there staying with her and her, my mother went down to the church that they had, and we call the holler and you can look way down there and she lived in the middle of nowhere, but you can look way down there and there was a little church. And that night we were sitting on the porch with my father and stuff and we we're watching. And I remember you could hear the people screaming and the true term of holy rollers. That was it down there. You ever experienced those people would get up and jump in, in the aisles and scream. And, and that night we could hear them all yelling and stuff. And it was, you know, people were worshiping God and that was their way of doing it. And I remember watching my mom come all the way up the roads and up the mountain and watching her coming up to the house there. And it was pitch dark and my mama got out of the car and she went around the back and my mom came in and said, Oh my gosh, it was, what a beautiful church it was awesome tonight. And I said, my dad, oh, I know I could hear you guys. You're crazy guy here. And all of a sudden, my mom said, it's so beautiful. Why don't you tell Mamma? So I went to look for her. Get out of here. It's beautiful. And she was laying. I remember her laying in bed. And she was telling me, she called me in and said, honey, I'm, you know, she was having a heart attack. And because of everything, and, and make a long story short, she had passed away a couple of days later. It took the ambulance like almost an hour and a half just to get all the way to her. And I remember it was so brokenhearted because that was my first experience with death and uh, uh, with a loved one. And she was so close to me and we had experienced so many um, religious and spiritual moments that she had brought us, my brother. And, you know, she was kind of my guidance in that. And I'll never forget uh, 
they had her funeral that night and everybody in the Holland, Tennessee was showed up. Everyone loved her and uh, everybody knew her as, you know, this sweet old woman and, and uh, can, and she did everything, you know, she could live right off the mountain. And I remember they were after the funeral there, they were going to take her up to Michigan. And then she was going to be finally buried because that's where my papa was buried. He had died of black lung uh, from the coal mines but they moved to Michigan, you know, so they were going to bury her with him up there. So I remember that my brother and sister went with my aunt and uncle back to Michigan. And I rode with my mother and my dad to drive all the way back to my mamma's house, back in the sticks up on the mountain to take care of everything. We we're going to leave the next day. And I remember living and I was sleeping in the bedroom. There's two beds in, in the bedroom. My mom and dad was across the room and my bedroom was by the archway that next to the living room was behind me. My mama would crochet and knit in her sleep and everyone was grandkids. I guess 30 some grandkids. She had knitted stockings and doilies and everything, you know, that and I remember her, she'd always be talking and she'd always be around that rocking chair and crocheting and sleeping. And I was laying in that bed and I was just so heartbroken. All I could think about was her. And I could feel the presence of her, though, in this house. And all of a sudden, I hear this footsteps walking on the wooden floor behind me in the bedroom. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I tried to scream out to my dad, who was 6'3", he was an ex-cop. And I couldn't get a word out. I was... And, you know, whether terror, I couldn't get a word out. And all of a sudden I hear the whole rocking chair going back and forth. And that went on and I just laid there with my eyes staring and could not speak. And it went on. And then all of a sudden, I'm telling you, it's so weird. It's like the next thing I know, I woke up and it was morning. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out if I was in a dream, if I was, you know, something crazy had happened. But I'll never forget this. As I got, got up, I get out of bed and I'm telling my mother and father, hey, listen, what happened? This is what and my dad's. Oh, you you know, you, you're thinking about your grandma and, you know, your, your mind's playing. And my mother broke down crying. Same thing happened to her. So mm -hmm. that was real as can be. And then a very a year later. My mother and I and my sister and brother, we go back down there and kind of take care of the place, mow the grass. And, and of course, my mom forgets the key. I have to crawl in the window. And my, this is the last time I've been in the first time I've been in this house since the last experience. We get in there. And like I said, the my mother and, and daughter and sister were sleeping in the living room. My brother and I in that back bedroom again. And she had like two glass doors, the French doors that, that closed between the kitchen and her little family room or the living room in this little mountain house. And then you can look out the kitchen window and it went right up the mountain. You could see up the mountain. Well, my mom is yelling and I remember getting up and I, there's a, the living room is just lit up. And I'm like, what the heck? So I, I come out and by the time I get out, it goes from light to dark. And so the story of my mom and sisters, my sister wakes my mother up and says, mom, Mom, there's an angel looking at us. And my mom looks up and we, where the glass doors is, she says, it's this luminate of lit up the whole room. It said, look, it was an angel. Mm. And her and her, my sister are looking at it. And when I come out and when I start, she said it went into a dot out that window, up that mountain. Gone. Yeah. So how do you explain? So what I'm trying to say, I have ex experienced that stuff. You right. don't tell too many people because they're kind of like, do, 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 you know, but it's, I know that yeah. anything can be possible. Oh, yeah, 100%. And again, do we know what that is? Uh, 
definitely and again you you go back to what you believe you know of course what i believe biblically is that god does talk about angels um so you know therefore i can easily do that That, that's why a lot of people were it's hard for them to understand me if i'm not talking about it like i said i'm jay bachoshan of sound mind um you know depending on what we're going to talk about here uh, you can get into you can get into my beliefs, but you might want to run after you hear them. And I get and I get that. And I, and and that I sounds like that. that's going to be another podcast, Jay. We're going to get more into that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. For our Enjoy. listeners out there, they want to get more info. You know, find out more stuff about you. Where should they go? Um, you can go to jbachochin.com. That's my website. And for my website, I, I do I try to keep that updated just as much as social media getting out in the field, seeing galleries of that. Some of my, what I call trace evidence of what I believe is Sasquatch and um, some links to uh, to uh, Amazon where you can watch uh, Finding Jay or Beyond the Kettle Finding Jay 2. And also I have a storefront because I'm also a designer. So I designed some cool shirts. And, that, oh, I, I, and actually I do have both films available on um, Blu-ray for, um, you know, for purchase right right through through the website so that's awesome brother and you know i enjoyed listening to this guys i mean check this out check his website go through and it's like me i'm not kind of like a sponge right now and and i believe that anything the good lord that i mean anything could be possible um you know we were watching i'm gonna get real quick on on a biblical thing but we were watching last night on youtube we were watching the the prophet jeremiah you know we're people thought he was crazy and God spoke to him and basically go tell the people, Hey, you've been living in sin. You have a chance. Now you can turn to God or I'm going to let the Babylonians wipe you people out and kill you. Right. Right. So because they couldn't understand or didn't, you know, what he went through, you know, idiot, he was a liar he was crazy. But at the end, he turned out being, you know, the right, he was the dude that was right. And, and stuff like that but but again but again that's when you do it you know what i always say this and this, this is basically how how I'll, and whatever i speak whenever i talk or present is i say you know what there's approximately 8 billion people in the world and each of them has their own truth so think about that go out and discover it for yourself to find your truth and the truth is i always say number 1 is God, the Bible, Jesus. Yeah. That that's the truth. When people talk about the other truth, the other truth is Bigfoot. Believe me or not, if you hold an interest in it, don't just accept what I'm saying. Go out, just like the turkey recon or the deer recon. I'll tell you what, you go out with a different mindset. You know, Bigfoot might just find you. I'm on party with him. Hey, dude. Daryl. We're here to party. Carol, let's like to picture my yeah. I like to picture my Bigfoot with a t-shirt tuxedo that he's here to party because I like to party. <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna wear a shirt that says I saw George once, but nobody well, believes there, me. There you go, Harry. He stuck yeah. worse than I did. Yeah, well, right. I, Mark Mitten, you know, we, we have a mutual film that we respect, but Barry Wenzel is a and Barry is, you know, he's hunted all over Alaska, he's hunted everything. And 
you know, Mark was on this. He said, dude, you got to talk to Barry because Barry is big. He believes in the aliens and he believes in Bigfoot. And I said, no way, really? He says, because there's been, he's very smart man. And because there's been things that he's seen that he can't explain in the wild, out in the wild. Again, when that it happens, be- it, that's what I'm saying is if you and I were out hiking one time and I had my back turned and you saw something. And by the time I looked at it, I didn't see it, but you saw it. It's what you saw. It's hard for people to understand. It's not like I would just say, I ah, know you didn't. You know, it's like you saw it with your eyes. That's going to be what you need to decipher what it is. And respect where this guy's coming from. And let me tell you what, the average Joe who sits and lives in a neighborhood in, in the suburbia area who never gets out, he cannot do not make any judge when you don't leave, you know, more than, you know, the only thing you know is where the 7-Eleven and the right. bank and everything else is. But, Jay, I appreciate your time. I, I can't wait to get back with you. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll get a, a sighting of Bigfoot before you. I always tell a quick, awesome. always, I always tell a quick joke, and I'll end on this joke. I, said, I always tell guys, I said, man, I was bow hunting in Kentucky one time. I was way back in the middle of the hills and in in back in the holler. And I said, I was sitting there hunting bear. And I said, and, and, and this big black it was right in the dark i said i was getting ready and this thing man i thought it was a black bear it stood about eight foot tall though and i never seen a black foot a bear that big and it had long arms and and long legs but it had these huge feet and i just wasn't sure and it, it stood underneath me for the longest time it actually kind of spooked me so that night the next day i went into the department of natural resources and say hey man i had this experience that, you know the, is there a different type of bear and i explained to it, i said this thing was tall it was hairy had long arms and big feet and they told me it's a man don't shoot them them hillbillies oh sh- Oh God, that's good. I like it. I like it though. I like it. And it it could be true. So no, I, I don't I think it's something that beyond our I it's definitely I'm agree with you. I believe it's something that's different in our world and something that we have definitely don't have a, a knowledge and comprehension of that's right. beyond our comprehension. So it's anyway, beyond I, it. I appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, folks, if you like it, please subscribe to what we got here and reach out, check what Jay's go to Legendary Gear USA. You'll check out our, what's that? Oh, and you want one of our waterfowl? I got to play. I got to plug the waterfowl calls and turkey calls. Hey, you guys, waterfowl and turkey callers go to uh, Legendary Gear USA. Everything is tuned by and designed by me, tuned by me and uh, putting all the personal touch in there. But I appreciate it, Jay. And you folks out there, always remember, hunt safe, hunt smart. And may the good Lord be your guide. Well, I'll be out there, rain is shining. All a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough. Because that's what legends are made of.